This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's white boy Chris. If the pat-down's ever made you laugh, then join our Patreon and support us. Get bonus content, a t-shirt, or an autographed copy of Rabbit, Miss Pat's autobiography. Visit misspatcomedy.com for the link to the Patreon, and while you're there, join our Facebook group. Welcome to another episode of the pat-down. I'm here today with Chris Ugly-ass, Dion Skinny-ass, and my good friend, Warwood Jr. We got some spice in the house tonight. We talk about that. What we talking about? Well, uh... (laughs) He, he, scolds you, he scolds you several times, but it, rightly so. I mean, it's really, like, great to see you put in your own place, because we're not doing the job, I don't think. Shut the fuck up, Chris. Y'all stay tuned after the music. You better get up, get out, and tune into this podcast. This Pat spit the truth, spit the real fact. Nothing but the ugly, classy at the same time. Pat got the flavor, these are not the same lines. That's the politics, she been on the real grind. It could be pretty but ugly at the same time. Just tune in, put your lock on the spin down. Ain't no need for the wait and turn her up now. What you talking about? It's real though. And cut the game, you get no play like Nintendo. You waste your time, turn the up, nothing but the ugly. Straight off the top, everything she say, you know it's funny. Full blast, this is taste of the future. Listen on your iPhone or your desktop computer. Share it, tweet it, ain't no way to beat it. Nothing but the ugly, turn it up and gon' repeat it. Nothing but the ugly. Where'd Roy go? The fuck? He said, fuck this, I'm out of here. <laughs> Well, y'all, we had a guest, but I guess he got chased out by the police. Where'd he go? <laughs> I could, t- what the fuck? This was the craziest shit. I said, hit record and he disappeared. Fuck Did this I- shit, I'm out. <laughs> Did he get stage fright? He's back. Did y'all kick me out? No. No, you just disappeared. Well, fuck y'all then. <laughs> We said hit record and you disappeared. I was like, damn, did the police bust this house? <laughs> All right, I'm when ready. a nigga disappear, you be like, what? What happened? <laughs> Good morning, Roy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What side, what side of the world are you on? Um, I'm at the crib. I'm in New York City, man. Yeah, feels I'm in weird the- to say that. What? New York City. That I live in New York City. Cause you from Alabama? Yeah, I'm just an Alabama ass dude. I used to sleep in my car in this fucking city. Now I got a bed, a fucking child, <laughs> 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 live with a woman. Like it's like a normal ass life. Well, that means the struggle is almost over. Okay. Give <laughs> <laughs> me that if you want. <laughs> he, he said that was struggle in his voice <laughs> oh man but yeah it's it's a blessing i'm i'm in new york for a quick minute i'm just bouncing back out on the road wrapping up these last couple dates before the um special premiere because once the special premiere i'm done with stand-up for a minute like, for I real? Need, yo i need at least i never thought i would say this but the shutdown 
showed me, oh, if I stop doing comedy for a little while, I'll come up with all these other ideas for all this other shit mm. that I can start. So, yeah, I need to put a couple other pots on the stove. So I'm trying to write a couple. It's a couple of TV shows I sold. You know, I'm trying to get on your level, you know, have me a hit Who sitcom. Lives? You fucking star of a sitcom going into season two. <laughs> I'm trying to get on your goddamn level. Shit. You get to smell Trevor Noah hair every night, man. Oh, man, I'm a wig and queef your ass around this motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 been it's been a blessing, man. And so I just want to figure out ways to write EP, help other people get their shit on the air. I want to write a movie. Like it, it's just there's a book I want to do. Like there's just a lot of shit I got to get done. I think between like November, swing it on around to like say April or March. When the special premieres? Uh, October 29th. October 29th. Comedy y'all. Central and Paramount Plus. Hell no. Mm. Paramount Plus. Yes. And Comedy Central. Yeah, man. Number three. What's the name three, of it? Imperfect Messenger. Imperfect Messenger. I can't even pronounce yeah. that shit. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you are you yourself are one, so I'm sure I was getting, you yeah, I was getting ready to say <laughs> the imprefect messenger. Yeah. No, it's gonna be funny. Pat, pat, pat down fans and crack babies go watch Paramount Plus and Comedy Central. Imperfect messenger. Did I say it right? Yes. Should I just call it the special? Because <laughs> I. Feel like you're over there about to have an aneurysm trying to pronounce my. The, the, I would the the original title of it. Now you would have loved this one. The original title of the special was going to be White Draws. White Draws. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be. That was going to be exactly. And the face you made is exactly why I couldn't title it that because nobody instantly understood what I was trying to say. What White Draws mean? Because I was trying to. I'm up there. You know, comedians. We we tell the truth, whether you like it or not. This is what. This is what's real. Ain't no piece of clothing more honest to you than a pair of white drawers. Because no matter how clean you think you are, (laughs) white drawers tell the truth. That's wrong. Tell them them Spangle. You still wear tidy whities. I got tidy whities on right now and every day is a struggle. And you lie to yourself. You lie to yourself with your fucking stupid fucking oh well if i wear navy draws i'm clean right no no you're not motherfucker you only clean if you put a panty line on from the front to the back like a traffic lane and then them white draws be still a little brown they don't be as bad when you take it off. Yes. and you pull that fucking strip out the seat and yes. you put in a new liner yes and so you know it's that it's that thing that really to me, that's the essence of comedy. It's telling the truth whether you like it or not. And yeah. that feeling you feel when you take your drawers off and you see that little bit of ass juice. Yeah, that's you. No, I don't that's do that. I just ball it up and put it in my suitcase. So you're a denial. So you're a denier. you one of the people that go to your happy place when the truth comes. No, I got to put my dirty drawers up. I already know what I did to them. Yeah. I've been to the bathroom a couple times that day. No, she's, she's, Roy, she's very aware of how funky she is down there. She tells us every episode. <laughs> Look at white bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you called the EPA on it. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> white draw. Lane Brown don't sell white draw. They sell shit with flowers and apples and candy cones on now for big bitches. <laughs> so we don't have to be in denial. <laughs> but I like that name, white draw. Yeah, but we just ended up going with imperfect messenger because it's the same difference. So it is what it is. Maybe I'll save white draws for another time. This yeah. is your third special, correct? Yeah, this is the third one. Um, we you set t- records with the first two, didn't you? Well, I set Comedy Central ratings records. I don't know about records across the world. Like, don't I'm not Kevin Hart. I didn't fucking unseat <laughs> <laughs> the greatest shit of all time. But you know, in the in the humble Comedy Central world, uh, thankfully there are some people that fuck with what I do, and so you know I'm appreciative of that shit and. I'm just thankful to still be able to like when all you remember, Pat, when all you wanted was a TV appearance. Yep. That's oh, all good. you want. Or oh, I'll tell you before that, nigga, I just wanted time joiner to have me on. <laughs> please God if Tom Joyner played one of my prank phone calls, it would change my fucking life. And now I'm happy to say I can call Tom Joyner and schedule drinks with him. Like that's to come that far, you know, it, it, you gotta, you gotta take a kickback every now and then. How long did it take you to get to that point? Oh shit. Forever. Like, like in 15 years, but still, you know, to go from just wanting that TV credit. Like I remember, I remember going to comic view so BET's Comic View, for the young people who don't remember this, this was a stand-up showcase show that was on BET six nights a week. Mm-hmm. Seven comedians per episode. Maybe six. Six, seven comedians per So anybody you can name in the last 20 years has done this show. They booked so many comedians that sometimes niggas wouldn't even show up to the taping and they would just grab comedians from the lobby to fuck, hey, nigga, you want to be on TV tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how a lot of cats got on Comic View was just yep. being in the lobby as an alternate. I remember, um, I remember Shorty Shorty from Atlanta. Shorty in New Orleans. This was 2005 year. No, no, this was 2002. Bruce Bruce Party Gras. <laughs> oh yeah, he's Comic View. I wasn't doing comedy then. So I went to that taping. You know, I was young. I went to the taping with the homie Spanky Brown, RIP. And Spank said, man, just be an alternate. And I fucking slept at the New Orleans airport in my car. And every day I drove to the Orpheum and I fucking sat in the lobby for eight hours. praying. Like basically you're flying standby for a flight, but it's a television appearance. And you're just hoping somebody don't show up. And fucking shawty shawty went out into the line and fucking started roasting people in line. He was not booked. He just started and he spent the entire day roasting people so bad that by the t- every time the talent coordinator came out or the audience coordinator, came, he roast their ass, too. And the motherfucker got on TV, yep. <laughs> got on TV. So to come from sleeping in your car, begging to get four minutes on TV to having your third hour special. Yeah, man, I'm a, I'll, I'll pop my collar on that one. Yeah, you suppose to. You know, on that one. You know, I you know, I'm a low key ass dude though, Pat. You know, I don't be talking a lot of shit. I don't be bothering nobody. But <laughs> you know, every now and then you got to fucking be real. Flex on them. You gotta what? Flex on them. Yes. But flex yes. on goddamn old. 
What's the new shit they say? I don't know. Shine on them, floss on them. Boss up. Boss up, they say back here. They say boss up. So sometimes I guess you gotta boss up. Stunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still using the word real. Stunting on these hoes. <laughs> I'm still using all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> I Shut think at a certain point you can't add no damn you can't you can't learn no new phrases. It just is. So, you know? so Roy just you just sound my, you sound corny when you be trying to do. I just shit. shot my first special, so you into your third one. Was you was 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 it? Did it feel like a lot of pressure? It was a lot of pressure for me. I mean, does it get easier as you do more? What advice can you give me? Because they like the bus of aneurysm that my asshole said. I think that. <laughs> but you're such a smooth person, and I'm such uh, a aneurysm. <laughs> you know, an aneurysm. <laughs> not your asshole. I, you got iPhone back. <laughs> I think Fuck y'all, niggas. Let Roy talk, please. <laughs> I think that there's a level of pressure that comes with wanting to be perfect. We're comedians. We want to be perfect, but you forget that just being in the moment is what makes comedy what it is. And so this idea that this must be exactly perfect to the syllable, I think what gets harder is figuring out the theme of the joke. So what you're trying to say and what you're trying to actually convey or at least that's what i carry you know everybody got their own different thing like like i know niggas that be fresh as fuck for their specials i don't even think about wardrobe until like two weeks before which is not the way to do it you know but, <laughs> but if you don't have comedy's one of them jobs the only way to be good at it is to keep doing it so if you don't have enough reps before it's time to take the special then yeah, you're going to be nervous because you're not sure which way the crowd going to be feeling you. But for me, it's about, all right, how, like, I gave you a perfect example. All right, so there was a joke that I ended up leaving out of the special because I couldn't figure out a way to say it without quite, like, I was calling Ben Crump, the lawyer, the, the lawyer, the black lawyer, anytime there's a police brutality lawsuit or whatever, Ben Crump is usually the one at the podium with Al Sharpton in them. And I call Ben Crump the black people money fairy. Where <laughs> every time you get your ass whooped, the black people money fairy appear and goes, congratulations. <laughs> Here's your money. But I wasn't trying to talk shit about the dude because the bigger issue is that, you know, black folks need laws to change. That's the only way we're going to get where we need to be. But they want, they want, you want a nigga like Ben Crump to change the laws. That ain't what Ben Crump do. Ben Crump is the money man. The system's so corrupt, motherfucker, he can't change the laws. The only thing he can do is get you paid. And I couldn't figure out a funny enough way to say that. So I got to throw it out because I ain't because for me, I ain't up there to make no fucking speech. At the end of the day, it's last. And that's why. Um, oh, here's a question for you, Pat. When you were prepping for the special. Did you kind of like curate the cities that you went to and all of that stuff? No, I just went to every city that they booked me. I didn't ask for anything. I was like, just go anywhere. I'd go anywhere. Um, there was, I always do the week before or the night before I take my special, 
I do Peoria, and then I do a black ass city. I always do Peoria, Illinois, though, because Peoria. This is gonna sound so disrespectful to people in Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> They're forgiving people. It is a place with a lot of fiscal and racial pain. It's broke black folks and it's broke white folks. Yeah. And the comedy club ceiling be leaking. It's <laughs> next door to a strip club and across the street from a dirt track. That is that is not a joke. The comedy club is literally across. You can hear the dirt track races while you fucking inside. Mm-hmm. Last time we was there, a goat got a loose. You remember Dion? Yeah, he had a goat. He had had a goat out back. There's a meat factory plant down the street that closed, and they they hadn't killed the goat yet, so he rescued it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was out back eating hay. He had him tied up like a dog. (laughs) The strippers strippers came to my merch table giving away passes to the strippers. (laughs) I'm trying to take pictures and shit, and then it's just a bunch of butt-naked hoes. I'm like... Y'all are like they in the background of people's pictures. I'm like, y'all are fucking up the vibes right now. <laughs> Last time we were there, a pimp beat up one of his hookers across the street <laughs> on Friday night. Girl. And yeah. slap the rope. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so what is it about that audience that like does something for you that makes it, it is it is white people who are around black people. Hmm. You voted red, but you got black friends. Mm. those the i know you got black friends and you also these are black people who also sometimes vote red Mm. so it's one of the few places where you kind of get this weird blend of political ideologies and i think comedy works best in a pace in a place in places where there's struggle or pain or you know it's it's why miami is a terrible comedy city new orleans too it's too much fun (laughs) too much fun (laughs) too much outdoor shit to do too much music to like i'm i see you making a face pat i don't fucking like miami audiences i think they're i've never had a good time in miami maybe we I just left miami well, well good for you good for you then nigga good for you nah you and Cortland went but i remember Cortland telling me that they was the audiences were weird yeah there is a hollywood sense of mm, i'm sexy and i'm handsome what are you going to tell me like to the point where that's one of them cities where wardrobe matters when you come on stage Ooh, your shoes have a scuff you're not wearing balenciagas i don't fucking want to laugh at you peoria that nigga got on boots and he smelled like a cow farm <laughs> he needs jokes <laughs> he needs to feel good about something Cause nothing else good is happening on a regular basis. (laughs) And it's just, it's just a melting pot of political ideologies and racial beliefs. So, you know, like Peoria is the type of spot you could perform, Pat, where you get a black person that disagrees with you. If you say black lives matter, Mm. they're not all like that, but I like that feeling. I like that vibe. And then what I do, I turn around and then I go to like, Atlanta or Baltimore or Philly, where I know I'm going to get a pure black audience, at least like when I say pure, I'm talking 75% in the crowd black. Then in those markets, that helps me to fine tune the jokes because black folks, black folks show you where the fat is. We gonna laugh here 
all that other shit. Yeah, when well, that was interesting, but then where, where's the next joke? So that makes me more efficient in what I don't need. So, you know, I try to go through the white rooms first to figure out to flesh out the whole idea and then go black and, you know, Southern to the South and the Midwest to really get what it is. Yeah. And then I take the special and that's the shit I'd be nervous about because you're trying to thread a needle between a bunch of different folks. And I feel like we, this is the first time in society where you could be like, man, fuck what y'all thinking. This is what the fuck I feel. This is what the fuck going on. And y'all can kiss my ass if y'all don't like it. I've been saying that. Yeah. Well, it took me it took me a while to catch up to you. She yeah, say kiss her ass if they do like it. <laughs> <laughs> she was heckling Dion for his scuff shoes this weekend. She's the toughest crowd. You ever have people you ever have people um coming up to you um after the at the merch table to like argue with you and shit? Um yeah, I've had that before. Like um if they didn't like what you what you said, I said, I don't give a fuck, nigga. Go home. Go pick up your ugly white baby. Get the fuck out my line because I don't give a fuck about you. See, why you add all that extra sauce? <laughs> I you know, just said, like, I don't give a I'll fuck. Like, why you have to insult the baby? The baby ain't that. Nothing, <laughs> nobody. I'll be, like, be like, nigga, fuck you. Go pick up your ugly kids. Yeah, relieve your nanny because she's sick of keeping your ugly ass kids anyway. You probably ain't paying shit to keep them motherfucking closed eyed ass, weak eyed ass kids anyway. Fuck you and your kids. You really should go through her comments on her own Instagram where she's <laughs> saying this to people all through Twitter. It's amazing. Why do you do that? Why do you waste your time? Because I'm human and I sit behind a phone. Like I told one bitch when she said, Oh my God, <laughs> she's a sellout. But you ain't never a sellout to a nigga until you get out. Nigga, bitch, if I was doing what you was doing, I wouldn't be no sellout. So I tell him, I said, I don't care if you don't like me. What I do care is that you tag me. So that's like you picked up the phone and said, bitch, I don't like you. Well, I don't give a fuck. I said, do you call Louis Vuitton and tell him you don't like them ugly ass bags they sometimes make? No, nigga, you keep it to yourself and you don't buy the product. Don't at me, fuck nigga. Bitch ass, hoe ass nigga. And I said just like that. And I don't give a fuck if shade room TMZ. I'm I'm not Beyonce. I'm grown. I don't have to argue back. But fuck you, hoe ass nigga. You a hoe ass nigga to at me, yo fuck ass bitch. And I they could be white or black and they're a hoe ass nigga. What do you I ain't say they call me? I sit on Twitter <laughs> every day and I watch niggas like you fight the ocean. That's the niggas is punching the ocean. No, I say Every a few day. things and I block them. I ain't gonna go too far back. And then if I have to, other motherfuckers will jump in. I ain't gonna argue with you, nigga. I got shit to do. But since my phone said bing bing and I saw your meme coming, I gotta let you have a little bit of the tip of this dick I'm about to give you. You gotta give him a little sauce. Yeah, little and then sauce. I block. Fuck you, whole ass nigga. I tell him bitch, fuck, bitch, asshole. I think everything I say ugly. Tell I don't engage. I get I get very intimate, threatening Instagram DMs. But I but I also don't really. They threaten you in your DMs. Yeah, like, hey nigger, why are you always talking about race, you nigger? <laughs> it's, it's stuff like and that. You, it, when they tell when you tell them that, say 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 say. I want you next time they say that to you. I want you to say, keep fucking with me. I'm gonna have Miss Pat daughter eat your wife, bitch, and destroy your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter, she'll, she'll do it too. She'll she do will. It too. Patricia. Ashley will do it. There she go, right there, ready to eat. You cannot, 
cannot use your daughter as some sort of lesbian pit bull. <laughs> well, you got to get to know she Ashley first. Sick on people. <laughs> lesbian pit bull. Get a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I like I went like like right now, like as we're recording this, there's some Daily Show segment I just did that got posted on the Daily Show Twitter and they're calling me a race baiter because <laughs> I dare talk about race at all. So if I go back and forth with that person, that's going to be most of my day. And that's most of my energy. Do you know the difference, though? I think two comments and block just no. two comments. No, for me, you I need to get you me. a lesbian pit bull, Roy. That's why yeah. I don't even talk <laughs> politics on Twitter. I don't even like arguing sports and food. Them be the biggest arguments I get into. If you really <laughs> want to know, like niggas will argue you down. Like if I talk shit about, like I said one day that breadcrumbs don't belong in macaroni and cheese. True, <laughs> and nigga, they came for me. Ooh, white people. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> nigga, I ain't never heard no nigga put no breadcrumb in their macaroni and cheese. Exactly. If I go over there and eat a crunchy macaroni, bitch, I'm gonna slap you, the kids, the dog, the rent man, everybody. <laughs> bitch, what did you do with putting cornbread inside of your macaroni and cheese? Oh, I kick that shit on the floor. Why are you slapping the landlord? What he got to do? Yeah. <laughs> he ain't done nothing to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Corn and macaroni and cheese. Who the fuck do that? What race of people make that? For? Did it just fall over in there? And don't tell me it's Italian breadcrumbs. Oh, here's one where black people came for me. I deleted this tweet. And this is what I mean by I don't engage. I said that Kool-Aid is overrated. And you'd have thought I told these niggas they daddy never loved them. <laughs> you did, nigga. They fucking... <laughs> It's f- yeah. and I and I stand by this. I stand by this to this day. Let me let me explain. Kool Aid Kool Aid is not good. Sugar is good. <laughs> Kool Aid has tricked you niggas into drinking flavored city water for decades. <laughs> That's all it is. It's flavored city water. Let's settle down on man. Kool Aid show what's good. If it's so good. Why does no restaurant offer it? If it's so good, why did you stop drinking it when you became 30? Because you became a fucking adult and you could <laughs> buy real beverages. <laughs> That's all I was trying to say. And they came for me, like I said, Trump 2020. And I couldn't <laughs> take it. I couldn't take it. I'm going to go tweet that same thing and see if I get the same reaction. Don't, don't, don't tag me in it. <laughs> it's, I'm a, I, I think it because Kool-Aid does so many other things that you're not realizing when you said Kool-Aid ain't good. Kool-Aid is, is I mean, it was the Coca-Cola for niggas who couldn't afford Coke. Or, of course. But it of also course. was hair dye. It was lipstick. It was eyeliner. <laughs> what? Question <laughs> <laughs> one, question. Kool-Aid. You was, you put was, that shit in all hair, the dye all hair. You wasn't yeah, poor you enough to experience all the you, things Kool-Aid has to offer, Roy. So you yeah, was a little you, too. You, that's why they came. <laughs> You're talking to a woman that used to eat laundry detergent. So <laughs> oh, he's from Alabama. They ate white dirt, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a little bit. They ate white dirt. You the fuck don't know white dirt is. This nigga from Alabama, they ate it more than we did. <laughs> I, I think it was neck and neck, Georgia. <laughs> but Mississippi, 
<laughs> oh, they got oh my whole mama's side from Mississippi. That's where I got it from. <laughs> Did you eat it, Roy? Yeah, a little bit. The shit was sweet. <laughs> Thank you. It was sweet. I tried to tell this thing Argo Laundry Star was a shit. Bro, we <laughs> used to go. To say she didn't eat it. I, I, eat, said, I ate that shit. My sister ate that shit. No, you, you didn't dab it on your tongue a little bit like cocaine. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She lied. She lied. She ate it. I say what I eat. It wasn't it. I think what it was, Pat, is that there are certain foods that are attached to memories and a time period of our life that will will always hold dear. And everybody, every black person's Kool Aid years is struggle it's togetherness it's fa- it's good times so when i say kool-aid is overrated you hear me say fuck your childhood and that's not what i was trying to say and like that's like one of the biggest battles that i ever got into with motherfuckers on, like that was the day like black folks really hated me like I, like i felt like candace owens for like like <laughs> three four minutes i'm like oh my god <laughs> do y'all not like me did y'all not See my contributions to the culture over the past 20 years about shut the fuck up, Martin Luther King head ass nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like, like going. You do got Martin Luther King head, but anyway. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I ain't gonna disagree with you. It's some shit you can't fuck with, like pig feet in the jar, nigga. You can't go and write that pig feet in the jar ain't good. Because, nigga, them was some of the hungriest, best days of my life. You get that motherfucking pickle pig feet in that bitch, the darker the pink it was, the better it was. And, nigga, ain't nothing like sucking on that toenail bone. Oh, my motherfucker, that big toe. Can't relate. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Roy. (laughs) Now, 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 with that being said, Patricia with upcoming Netflix special creator, writer, executive producer, and star of sitcom. When's the last time you fucking wandered into a corner store and had yourself a pickle pig foot. (laughs) (laughs) What y'all want to eat tonight? Call Grubhub. You know, I want me some pickle pig. Never. I, I don't Man. eat it anymore. Why? But- Why not? It was so good. She's in LA. She's in LA right now. What? Where'd you eat last night? Let's see how expensive it was. Over hundred dollars. <laughs> she I loves. Ate at, uh, I ate at Craig's. What's that? It was a restaurant I went out to eat with um, Bob Saget. Yeah. See, say, say no more. Say no more. Bob Saget ain't eating no cheap shit. Yeah. Right. And Pops yeah. and Roxy was out there. <laughs> 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 oh, look at this shit. Ooh, look at this. Craigs.la. I'm on the website right now. Welcome back to our front porch patio dining and indoor dining. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm looking. Oh, I know this shit was expensive. They ain't got no pig for heat. They got plants in the ceiling. This one. Who <laughs> 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 was that, John? John Mayer was there. John Mayer. It was so many celebrities there. I was like, I don't know these people. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I drank one drink and I was drunk. Everybody was there. <laughs> and then Pops and Ropsy standing outside. Who's you like, did you tell them who you is? I said, shut up, bitch. And so when Bob said he get out of the car, they just started flashing pictures. And then I walked back out on the way out. And that motherfucker put that camera up. I ran back in that motherfucking restaurant. <laughs> I said, I don't want no more pictures. I don't want no more <laughs> Bob said, we can go out the back door. I said, oh, thank you. 
Yeah. The food was it, good. Oh, look at this shit. Honey truffle chicken for $35. <laughs> no no Kool Aid on the menu. Look at you. Bone in filet ribeye. Bone in 18 ounce. Market price. Oh, man. <laughs> this nigga yeah. eating market price. You got to have Bob Saget money to eat there. So yeah, he kept they, they didn't have any laundry detergent dipped chicken wings. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> they did weirdly fry the chicken in the, in the, uh, in the chimney, though. That's it's like a hipster thing. Oh yes, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it was it, it was it was good food. It was good food. It was a good no, time. We had a good time. I don't argue with folks, man. I remember when we did last comic standing, season seven. So that was two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It whatever year it was. It was the beginning of the concept of live tweeting while your show was on. So this idea of actors talking to the fans while the show is happening, that was new. And so NBC put it in our contract where, nigga, every Monday night when this bitch air, you got to engage with the fans for an hour on the hashtag. So within the hashtag, you're just supposed to pick off the good comments and retweet them and kiki with motherfuckers. But mixed in all that shit is people that fucking hate you <laughs> talking about how you ain't funny. This nigga's terrible. I'm not voting for him. And I made it all the way to the finale. So, Patricia, every Monday night for two months, I had to read the worst shit written about me and not say nothing. And I don't know if that's where I got it from. But on the other side of that, it was like, there ain't shit y'all can say to me that's going to make me get into some goddamn war with you because I didn't fucking been through the trenches. And I just... I I will do this though. Let me take this back. If you are, and I'll give you an example. If someone doesn't like me and they talk shit about me, right? And you're attached to a business that has a public profile, that has a place where I can Yelp. I will leave a bad review and mention you by name in the Yelp review. <laughs> because that's more surgically damaging. <laughs> than a tweet like going fuck you bitch my daughter eat your wife pussy okay <laughs> <laughs> that's good in the moment but, but you can you, put that on yeah but <laughs> <laughs> tasted worse then <laughs> you ain't shit they can't scrub those yelp reviews either they on there forever no. <laughs> In there, dog. Like, 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 like Johnny Taylor said, I wasn't funny when I was on last couple of stand-up. I made my daughter eat his pussy, eat his white pussy. She a pet bull. <laughs> you a bunch of insane. Who said she's insane? Her name is Ash Cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so I just you know I don't know I can't be going back and forth, and forth. it's a special talent it's a special talent you know? I like the Jonah motherfucker you, know, you go to their page and see they cross-eyed kid you like you talking about me you, your kid need a steering wheel on top of his head so I can get controllable so <laughs> <laughs> the people get mad and lock their account and shit. Most folks ain't built for that shit. Most folks that talk shit online, they're not built for the back and forth that's going on. Not from a professional comedian. The, the, no, issue, though, the issue, though, with you, Pat, is that you got a gang of fans that ride for you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have that. 
my fans respect me and then they'll put me to the side in an email three weeks later. That was very unfortunate what that gentleman said to you about your fans. Your fans would be like, just say the word, Patricia. I've already pulled up his child's elementary school transcripts. We can get him expelled tomorrow. Just say the word. I got a message from a girl last night who said, uh, do you think Miss Pat would be mad if I started an Instagram to promote her merch? I was like, no. <laughs> like, these crack babies are... Somebody they, wants to... No commission, just wants Keisha, to do it. They ask Quisha and Ashley the same thing. And I, it's all of these accounts just popping up with my picture on it now. And then somebody just made a TikTok and spent, spent me uh, comedian Miss Pet, P-E-T, because I got Miss <laughs> Pet. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, y'all? Why I got all these fucking accounts? I really think it's because of this podcast. They have spent two and a half years getting to know you on a personal level, and they they love you, and they will. He's right. They will go to war for you. It's it's become crazy the last three months. It, it, it really is a good thing, but that's what it's about. It's about building your tribe. It's about building, you know, these people that truly, truly have love for you, you know, and you sometimes, you know, like I, I hate to use this brother as an example, but it is a good example of not just being in the sense of violently attacking somebody, but in the case of someone uplifting you, when you look at the homie, Tony Baker, um, and the tragedy that struck his family earlier this fall, you know, in losing a child, his whole fan base been holding him down. I don't even know if my fans would do that. Like, hey, let's raise money. Like they put like his son died in a car crash, man. Next thing you know, Tony Baker's fans is riding on Burbank City Hall. Like, yo, bitch, we got to change the laws. Y'all need an investigation. Y'all need to figure out what the fuck is going on to stop street racing. Like that's what fans and that's what people who really love you can help do for you. So, you know, I need to try harder. Maybe I need to have a dog back what you said about Kool-Aid. you had a tribe and you blew it man no i will tell you i i'm the digital director for bob and tom and when miss pat would come on you'd always see new faces pop up and it's the same for you when you come on bob and tom i see all over our twitter a whole group of people that start interacting that are excited to see you they're out there they're probably just not as well collected as as the crack babies are (laughs) no not not at all you just got to collect them. I just started a group. And I said, hey, which I want me to name you? They were like, we want to be called Crack Babies. I said, well, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she interacts with them in the Facebook group. And I think that's the the thing is like she gets in there and talks to them and they know that they that she's going to read their stuff. And that personal connection in the Facebook group, I think, is what did it. Yeah, I think I yeah. lost that. I definitely lost that. And that's something I'm going to start back working on and interact. Because I'm Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, I'm in and out. I'm yeah. just be arguing on Facebook a little too much for me. Like, well, that's why I created our own little group. And, you know, when they, they used to count, because it's so, it was when it first started, it was so more whites than black. And so they were arguing. I was like, this ain't what we're going to do, guys. We're not going to be posting dumb shit to make each other argue. And they don't argue as much anymore. Every now and then, you might get a motherfucker that try to start and everybody whoop his ass and he shut the fuck up. <laughs> or deal go and block him. <laughs> Because I get a lot of messages. Dion block me, man. Facebook, I'm more, I'm more of a, I lurk, you know, I'm a voyeuristic. Like there's a, um, like the simplest way for me to be able to keep my ear to the street. There's a young black comedians group that I don't know how at the age of 42 I was admitted into, but I'm in it. (laughs) And it's a cool way 
to like digitally hang out with some of the younger comics and see what they're thinking, see what's going on in the industry, who's doing what, who's getting fucked over. What's the next digital thing I need to know about and how to fucking maximize it. Like, like that's what I use Facebook for more than anything. It's just educating myself on shit because Facebook is a good resource for information. If you find the right groups to kick it in, but as far as like just interacting with people and all of that stuff, no, nah, I probably should. But no, yeah, if you you can create a private group for your fans, just for your fans, yeah, get get you a, a moderator. You know? Moderators are huge. Yeah, Dion, let me tell you a story, Dion. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> so, and I say this with all love and affection for my hometown of Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> There was a club called Amani Rajas that was like the, the bougie nigga wine spot or whatever. And Tuesday nights was the night it would always be popping. And I go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to throw my birthday party. I, some, I let some nigga promoter convince me that I need a birthday party. <laughs> the official Roy Wood Jr. birthday party. <laughs> because I was on the radio at the time, Amani normally cost $10 to get in. So we jacked the price up to 25 because this is oh. my official birthday party. Nigga, I sold 14 tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I would be crushed if I started a Facebook group and it's just me and my mama <laughs> and my girl. And they just talking about the same shit we talked to each other about on the group <laughs> chat. So I don't know if my self esteem could take that risk. <laughs> oh you can take it I, I, I didn't know shit my started off slow too I mean when it was just 30 of us yep. it's, up, it's up to 14,000 now so it just it's, it's like it's like our comedy career just take time to build shit people gotta find you I mean look but how long you been doing comedy work uh, since 98 so about 23 years 23 yeah so I'm so right now. behind you 18 19 some shit like that it just Take time to, for people to find us, find me, and find you, and anything that we do. People like, oh my god, where you been? Right here, bitch, waiting on you to pay attention. Okay, and that's what you can tell them. This Facebook group is right here waiting on you, bitch. Just hit join and I will accept you. <laughs> like, but that's what I tell. Yeah, they like, where, where you been? Right here, bitch, waiting on you, waiting on y'all. Yeah, there's. Did there's, you have a good time at the birthday party? At least, yeah. No, <laughs> fourteen fun people. Or? I bounced and went to another <laughs> fucking club. That that was one of the nights I seen a promoter sad because that promoter really was sad. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, and then there was the dope boy that took a hit with Cat Williams. Didn't sell the way he thought it would sell, mm. and the thing with and this is pre-pimp chronicles cat or maybe nah it had to be whenever cat was still rapping and like hanging with dipset and he was like cash money was on the show as well so it's like it's that era so it had to be like oh three oh four or some shit but the problem was that he had cat williams on a wednesday night nigga you cannot bring cat williams to a market like birmingham on a wednesday that ain't how the economics of black cities work like that's a how much was it? how much did he i mean i don't remember he, what the tickets did he were money? he had cats money and that nigga was in the corner sad the rest of the night <laughs> i didn't even take no money from him i felt so bad for him i was oh, like hey wow. man you can keep my 200 man <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> Do nothing with it. The venue seats twelve hundred. I think he sold like three hundred tickets, three hundred, three fifty, something Oof. like that. And had cash money there as well. And I'm like, dude, this was just you got you got took to the cleaners, dog. Like I know he had to spend like fucking fifty thousand. At least. Yikes. You know, all in, I don't know what cash money costs, but so the birthday the, the, bar, the birthday party feel was a bad promoter, not Roy Wood Jr. is what you're saying. I don't know. I think it's a push. My point is, <laughs> <laughs> if I get in a Facebook group, I'm going to fucking for sure be like, hey, y'all motherfuckers better come in here. <laughs> we got you back, Roy. We'll, we'll join yeah, you. Yeah, we'll lend you some crack babies. You got, you got three right here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come on over there. Hey, yo, doe, you got one brother left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait to watch your special. Well, <laughs> I got Paramount Plus, too. Well, I guess I got to come to Citra. I don't fucking watch TV. I do everything from my iPad. I got everything, and I don't watch half of that shit. I got Peacock. Isn't it crazy? One. We had cable that had everything, and then they broke it up. Now we got everything. You still don't yep. watch anything. <laughs> yep. Same same price. Nicely done, network. And now we pay but more. The good, the good part is people get to choose. Like I'm, I'm, I know what I want to watch. You're not forced to wait on your show to come on anymore. So I know I like Handmaid's Tale. So I just, and I know I like Blindside. I know I like Manifest. So I know what the fuck I like, and I just go to that network. Or that streaming service. So that's the good part about TV. You know. Yeah, I still for sports though. I'm still a sports person. So I still Me too. Watch my Falcons. Now. My poor Falcons. What we won. Lord Ooh. Jesus Christ. Ooh. Ooh. I'm a Dolphins at, fan, though. I'm a Dolphins oh. fan, so I can't talk shit. All right, let me be quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they've been killed that fish. At least I'll be trying to take off running. <laughs> <laughs> they been stabbing shit out that fish. That's why he curled up in the bag. It's gonna it's gonna be a rough season, but hey, I'm gonna put on my jersey and hold my head up in the air. When I was checking in flying here, me and Ashley was um me and Ashley was checking in. This guy was like, Ugh, you got on a Falcon jersey? I said, Yeah. He's like, Ugh. I don't know what he said, but I said, nigga, where you from? He said, Detroit. I said, this city where don't nobody live. Don't nobody live in Detroit. Let's see, why'd you have to do that? Why couldn't you just go the lion suck? Why did you have to go into (laughs) the economics? They buy houses on food stamps in in fucking Detroit. Okay? (laughs) But you want to come to my city and put down my team in that shitty-ass city where don't nobody want to live? Nigga, they ain't got no unemployment rate. The governor is on unemployment. (laughs) Why are you bringing in the economics and Flint water crisis into a football conversation? Just Just say your team sucks worse. No, I gotta tell them about their city and they in my city. That's why when them stinking ass saints come up here, time I'm like, I'm like, do you remember Katrina, nigga? That's why you feel. And Isabel just oh, hit y'all Lord. too. You know, we ju- we're just like used to this, Roy. So you come along and you go, this is not right. And and now I'm realizing how <laughs> sure. you're right. You're about her not being right. Why you, you gotta be so mean? You could have simply <laughs> said that Jameis Winston steals crab legs. <laughs> <laughs> You could have said that. You could have brought up some old shit. Well, scandal had, with one of the play. He's a quarterback for the Saints now, Jameis Winston. 
And oh, that nigga, we, y'all got a crab leg stealing nigga throwing the ball for y'all? <laughs> See, there we go. Now that's good. See, that's progress. Oh, so, but I got <laughs> so, so when you miss it. I'm not in New Orleans. They in Atlanta talking about my city. And what really brought you here was a storm in 2000 some. Get the fuck out of my city if you're going to talk about my Falcon. I don't mind you being here, but nigga, you're going to respect the Falcon win or lose because that's my motherfucking team. I don't go down there and say y'all eating that swamp meat, do I? I don't think they eat the dick. I don't think the dick is part of the entree. <laughs> See, I got when any more gay like So I'll take some pig feet and some gator dick, please. You got any Kool-Aid back there? it's some some oyster nuts (laughs) so your premise is that when a Saints fan sees an alligator they turn into Ashley (laughs) just start eating it (laughs) eat everything on it (laughs) pretty fucking much pretty much (laughs) I don't think Uh, you can continue to live like this at this level (laughs) (laughs) this is not sustainable until your 60s and I'm concerned for you and your stress levels, <laughs> blood pressure and shit. <laughs> no, I'm That's, talking about my motherfucking Falcons. They already know I put a nigga in the headlock by my Falcons. I know my Falcons ain't shit. It's like you. It's the Falcons like a daddy. You know he ain't shit, but he gonna show up sometime and say hi. And you appreciate that hi. <laughs> Don't be fucking with my Falcon. Everybody know I'm a diehard Falcon fan. Nigga, I wear that motherfucking jersey with pride. I don't give a fuck if it is a loser. So what? everybody can't get a white man to lead them to justice like Tom Brady. We want one, but they gave us a Bigfoot white nigga motherfucker. He can't pick your feet up and just keep having babies with square heads and tripping over your feet. Okay, that's my quarterback. I like their winning is an issue of justice for you. <laughs> what? Tom Brady led them to justice. We need that in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. Yeah, man. I, I the, the Dolphins, I just root for the Dolphins because that's what came on TV. And it was gang safe colors growing up. <laughs> hmm. I could rock a damn Merino jersey and knew I went because I lived in the heart, the heart of gangster disciple territory mm. in Birmingham. And so in the eighties, the Niners were good and the Cowboys were good. And that's Crip and blood. Mm-hmm. If you ran any of that shit, the Steelers and the Raiders was like, like you could wear Raiders cause Bo Jackson is from Alabama. But if you really want to make sure you got a safe walk through the projects to computer class at the five points, West Library, <laughs> <laughs> you need to wear this damn Marino. Ain't nobody fucking with turquoise. (laughs) Turquoise has been and remains a neutral game color in most in most southern black neighborhoods. I can't speak to Chicago. I know they got different different crews on every block, but just where I was growing up, turquoise was safe. I love that. That's how you picture football teams. Yeah, in order to keep from getting the ass whooping, you were like, "Oh, Charlotte." Plus Charlotte Hornets too. Plus, when they were still in those uh, um, step outside, queen. Plus, when they were still in those starter jackets and pistol whooping niggas back in the nineties, nobody ever wanted a dolphin jacket. So you that's true. Real. That's no, true. No dolphin people. You could rock dolphins all day long. Nigga would never say get up. You had a <laughs> cargo 
uh, motherfucking Philly nigga Eagles, you were going to get put down and get your your starter jacket, take it and get hit in the back of the head because they want you to buy another so they can rob you again. The chalk line jacket. Like, man, I remember my daddy bought me an ivory white, not white, an ivory white New York Yankees starter jacket in the seventh grade. Now, I'm not a Yankee fan. I like the Cubs, but I ain't rock a lot of Cubs shit because of the blue. I could wear like a Cubs hat and get away with it. Like, I would just wear the hats and shit. And you know, you know, as a parent, when you buy your kids some nice shit, you want to see the motherfucker wear the shit. Go on out there and wear the shit. And my daddy kept asking me, when you going to wear your little Yankees thing? And I ain't had a heart to tell him, nigga, you, that is a target. <laughs> asking me. And sure enough, I fucking wore that shit to school one day and one of the bullies, man, man, little fathead nigga, let me rock that jacket all day, nigga. I'm going to give it back to you. Never saw it. Again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to this day, gone. Gone. I grew up poor, so nobody ever, you know, did that to me. The only thing I wanted was deodorant. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> she didn't even know what didn't even know what warm water was till seventh grade. What you gonna do with that stick of deodorant, little nigga? Let me hold that. Shit. <laughs> I give you deodorant back at the end of the school day. <laughs> you ever try to find that bully, Roy? No, I need to do a search on one bully that he didn't torment me. But hang on, I maybe I can go on instant checkmate real quick. Let's see if he, if I remember my login information. Um, we had a bully that was so cold blooded. This motherfucker, the teachers called him by his nickname. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's like <laughs> to me, that's next level. That's next level respect. But like, there was some bad mother, like middle school is a special time because that's when you, that's when you start seeing, I, which one of these kids got a chance of making it out this shit. Like, that's when you start seeing like some of the little, like, Oh, this motherfucker's crazy. Like, like I give you an example. We had a dude. I don't even remember his real name, but his name was KK. <laughs> and KK in the seventh grade was probably like six foot four already. And was one of the baddest motherfuckers in the school. And then one day, Birmingham police came and got him up out the classroom. They just came and just arrested him in the middle of class. And somebody was like, what happened? They go, oh, he beat up his mama's boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand how bad the ass whooping has to be? For them to come get you, like, who did this to you, 40-year-old man? KK in the down there in science class. <laughs> he down there in science And they came and got him and was trying to charge that nigga as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> because, because he fucking beat the shit out of his mama's fucking boyfriend. And nobody fucked with him after that. And what's wild is that, you know, I don't know if he was gay but he was definitely an effeminate man, um, even in seventh grade, right? That was the first time I saw any effeminate person, any, like, that was my first interaction with, like, you know, anybody, like, gay, basically, or on that spectrum, right? 
that informed everything for me about gay people. Because my assumption after that was like, oh, don't do homophobia because these motherfuckers strong like KK. <laughs> They're violent. <laughs> violent, violent men. And they will all beat your monkey mouth ass. <laughs> and so I just, I mean, in a way, this is also, it's this is very misinformed. This is a very misinformed opinion, but it put me on the right side behaviorally. I just believe that gay people were stronger than straight people. And you about right. <laughs> you about right. And therefore, you have to fucking just leave these people alone. They, they were, like KK was the perfect introduction <laughs> into like just different cross sections of people. Um, let's see. Okay, the bully from the sixth grade, I pulled him up. All right, no criminal record. Pretty normal dude. Pretty regular life. Congratulations. Well, ask I got for you. Yo, he got a government job. Good for you, dog. <laughs> well, I got to take a for coke you. too. We got to say to the fans, make sure y'all go watch Roy Wood Jr. new special. When is it, Roy? In Perfect Messenger, October 29th, Comedy Central, Paramount Plus, if you're hearing this after the 29th. Uh-uh, this will be next week. You okay. are going to laugh your fucking ass off. So make sure you set your fucking DVR, your TV, your cell phone, and make sure y'all go watch my good friend, Roy Wood Jr., new comedy special. Say it again. Imperfect. You know you going to pronounce the shit right. Say it, boy. Say the name of Perfect messenger. Perfect messenger. Damn, you know I'll be fucking up some words. And make sure you follow Roy on Twitter. He's one of my favorite Twitter followers. Roy Wood Jr. He's really a junior. His daddy signed a birth certificate. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some bitches should be putting junior on their kids' name. Ain't no daddy involved. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Pat Down. Make sure you check out my website at misspatcomedy.com for all of my social media, my tour dates, my book. Make sure you spread the word about my podcast. Please rate and review. Please rate and review and share. Thank y'all so much, y'all. I've been Miss Pat.